Jagannath Puridam Kija, Gangamai Kija, Yamunamai Kija, Tulsadeva Kija, Samaveda Bhaktivinoda Kija, Harinam Sangatan Kija, Priyatmadanga Book Distribution Kija, Transcendental Prasham Distribution Kija, Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandi Kija, Gopremanandi Hari Hari Bo, All Glories to Samadha Vodis, Hare Krishna, All Glories to Samadha Vodis, Hare Krishna, All Glories to Samadha Vodis, Hare Krishna, All Glories to Shishi Gun Shi Goranga, All Glories to Shila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 7, entitled What Prahlad Learned in the Womb, Text 41 Yarata Ihakamani Vidvan Manya Sakrinara Kurtyato Vipayasam Amogam Vinda Tefalam Yadata Ihakamani Vidvan Manya Sakrinara Karatyato vipayasam Amogam vindate phalam Yarata ihakamani Vidvan manya sakrinara Karatyato vipayasam Amogam vindate phalam Amogam in the Tefalam, 
A morgen wind te velam, yat, of which, ate, for the purpose, iha, in this material world, kamani, many activities, in factories, industry, speculation, and so on. Vidvat, advanced in knowledge, mani, Thinking himself to be. Asakrit, again and again. Nara, a person. Karoti, performs. Ataha, from this. Vipayasam, the opposite. Amogam, unfailingly. Vindate, achieves. Palam, Result. Translation purport by His Divine Grace, Hesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Shilapapa. A materialistic person, thinking himself very advanced in intelligence, continually acts for economic development. But again and again, as enunciated in the Vedas, he is frustrated by material activities, either in this life or in the next. Indeed, the results one obtains are in inevitably the opposite of those one desires. Please repeat, a materialistic person, thinking himself very advanced in intelligence, continually acts for economic development. But again and again, as enunciated in the Vedas, he is frustrated by material activities either in this life or in the next. Indeed, the results one obtains are inevitably the opposite of those one desires. Purport. No one has ever achieved the results he desired from material activities. On the contrary, everyone has been frustrated again and again. Therefore, one must not waste his time in such material activities for sensual pleasure, either in this life or in the next. So many nationalists, ec economists and other ambitious persons have tried for happiness, individually or collectively, but history proves that they have all been frustrated. In recent history, we have seen many political leaders work hard for individual and collective economic development but they have all failed. This is the law of nature, as clearly explained in the next verse. Translation, a materialistic person thinking himself very advanced in intelligence continually acts for economic development, but again and again, as enunciated in the Vedas, he is frustrated by material activities, either in this life or in the next. Indeed, the results one obtains are inevitably the opposite of those one desires. Om Ajnana Charandasya Gananjana Salakaya Takshu Umalatam Jena Tasma Shri Gurave Namaha 
Mokam Karati Vachalam Pangam Langa, Tegarim Yat Kripa, Tamaham Vandi, Shigaram Dina Taranam. So Hare Krishna, so nice to be here in Northern Mahaprabhu Mandir. Haven't been here for a few years. So nice to get the association of so many nice devotees. I'm not qualified really to give class to so many more devotees to have more qualified. But I remember Tamal Krishnamaraj, he said when he first joined, he'd only been in the temple a few days. The devotees said, now it's your turn to give class. <laughs> so I guess we've been around for a while. So by the mercy of all you wonderful devotees, you can say something beneficial for everyone. <clears throat> so this sums up the materialistic person in these verses here that everyone is striving for happiness in this material world but they're constantly frustrated in fact Prabhupada quotes at the end of the purport that this is the law of nature uh, as explained in the next verse the next verse explains that one is happy as long as one doesn't endeavor for material happiness as soon as he begins his um, activities for material happiness then he experiences so many distresses. So everyone's uh, experienced this in this material world. As aspiring devotees, we've all experienced this before coming to Krishna consciousness, and even some of us may still be trying to enjoy in different ways materially because we're not on the platform of a pure devotee. So naturally there's still some attachment for the material world and material happiness. But uh, as, as devotees, we, um, because we're constantly trying to immerse ourselves in Krishna consciousness and experience the Paramdrisvanivatate, the higher taste, then even though sometimes we may go for that lower taste, we get a lot of realization that there's no real nectar there. But from a foolish materialistic person, because they don't, haven't experienced the higher taste of Krishna consciousness, at least not in this life, and probably not for millions of lifetimes because we're considered nichibada, practically eternally conditioned souls in this material world, then he doesn't know any better. So he's constantly again and again going for the same type of happiness, which Srila Prabhupada says is just a relief from the suffering. People eat a nice meal or they have some sex life or they you know, watch a movie or they go on holidays, different types of happiness. But it's only a relief from the suffering. The true reality of the material world is that, is that it's a place of misery. Abrahma bhuvana loka puna avatano jana mamo peta tukuntayam puna janmanavijate. From the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest, all are places of misery where repeated birth and death takes place. <clears throat> but one who uh, engages, one who uh, engages in loving devotional service to Krishna, goes back to the spiritual world, he doesn't come back again to this material world. So we see that, that the distress or suffering far outweighs the happiness in this world, material happiness. Just like um, the body, our body, as it gets older, there's uh, so many diff different problems. Even as devotees, we may say, well, you know, I've got... I've got some back pain, I've got headaches, I've got a problem with my teeth, I've got internal problems with my organs. Uh, 
you know, I've got indigestion, so many different problems are there. But how many times do we say, oh, you know, like, my back is feeling so nice, my stomach feels so nice, my head feels so nice, I'm enjoying so much pleasure from my head and my back and my stomach and my arms. <clears throat> and um, this is all due to identification with the body in the conditioned state we're thinking. As Srila Prabhupada would implore again and again, we're thinking I'm black, I'm white, I'm Australian, I'm Indian, I'm Chinese, I'm a man or a woman, dog or cat. So many misidentifications, so many upadis, false identifications. We're identifying this is me, this body, made of mucus, bile and air. But if you could zip this body down like a, you have a jacket and you could look inside, would you be attracted to what's inside? All the blood and stool and urine and guts. But Krishna and through his agents have packaged this body so nicely that we're so attached and attracted to it. But this is one of the misidentifications. We're thinking, uh, I am this and all these material possessions. This is my wife, my house, my family, my car, my wealth, etc. I and mine. And the misidentification of thinking that sense gratification is the real goal of life. And another misidentification thinking that we can uh, make a permanent situation in this material world. And Srila Prabhupada, I was listening to a lecture, he was saying there's two basic psychic divisions in this material world. One is that we are the enjoyer and one is that we are the controller. But we don't see anyone enjoying. Everyone's trying to enjoy and trying to be the centre of all they survey, thinking they're the most important person in the universe. But who do we see who is actually happy? Srila Prabhupada says, from the highest planet, Lord Brahma's planet, down to the insignificant ant, no one is happy in this material world on the platform of material, materialistic life. Even the great demigods are not happy. They're always in anxiety. When are the demons coming to attack us? <coughs> So, but real happiness can be found somewhere else in Krishna consciousness. And that happiness, Anandam Bodhivadhanam, is like an ever-increasing ocean of happiness. The more we dive into uh, loving devotional service to Krishna through a variety of services, the more we become ecstatic and experience happiness like that far outweighs any happiness anywhere in this material world. <clears throat> so, people are looking for that real happiness. Like, as devotees, we experience that because we're connecting to the powerhouse of the lotus feet of Guru and Krishna, then we experience that real unlimited eternal happiness, ever-increasing happiness. And even though there's so many material distresses going on us around us, either in, you know, ourselves, our body and mind, or miseries caused by other living entities, miseries caused by the demigods, too hot, too cold, floods, earthquakes, the devotee is not disturbed because he's always experiencing that unlimited, ever-increasing happiness of 
of love for Krishna. And this is the eternal birthright of all living entities. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sajjakabhanaya Shravanadi Suchitiri Karadeyadaya. That this pure love for Krishna is established within the hearts of all living entities. It cannot be taken away. When the living entity begins to hear and chant about Krishna, then that natural love for Krishna comes out. Just like Prabhupada says, the water may be frozen, but when it, the sun comes out, and it comes back to its natural state of liquidity. The frozen state is not natural. If you get a chili, its state, natural state is heat, hot, it's hot. Or sugar is sweet. If you find the chilies are sweet, and the sugar is hot, then there's something wrong. <clears throat> so, but without higher transcendental knowledge, then the materialistic persons, they go again and again. Even though they become frustrated and dissatisfied with material sense gratification and pleasures of this world, we see them trying again and again, working hard to make money to try and enjoy these so-called pleasures of this material world but they're never satisfied. And there's uh, a nice story Srila Prabhupada talks about, um, which relates to this. He talks about, the, there was a famous um, prostitute called Lokahila, and there was a leper who was married to a you know, chaste wife, but he, was, uh, he wanted to go and visit a prostitute. He wasn't satisfied at home. And so his wife said, yes, you, if you want to go. But this prostitute was charging 100,000 uh, pieces of diamond, either big or small, didn't matter, for her services. And so the leper, you know, you can imagine a leper, he's in such a suffering condition, but still he's desiring to enjoy with a prostitute. So he went to see the prostitute, Lokahila. And uh, when he got there, she prepared a meal of soup and she put half in a golden pot and half in an iron pot. And she said, now you try the soup in the different pots. And he tried the different soups and she said, so is there any difference? And he said, no, the, the soup tastes the same in both pots. And she, so she said, why are you coming here? Why are you coming to me? No, he had sex life with his wife at home. Why is he going elsewhere? But this is the nature of the materialistic person. He's thinking that the grass is always greener over the other side. I'm not enjoying in this situation with this woman, so let me try some other woman. Or I'm not enjoying eating in this way, let me try eating different type of food. But the pleasure is, is the same, like Srila Prabhupada says, for the, the dogs and cats, they're experiencing the same pleasure in eating sleeping, mating and defending. But the human beings are just doing it in a more polished way. The dog's running on four legs, whereas food, whereas sex, whereas shelter. The human beings are running on four wheels, whereas food, whereas sex, whereas shelter. Where's the advancement of their consciousness? The same mentality is there. So Srila Prabhupada says this, uh, trying to enjoy sense gratification in different varieties of ways, this is like drinking old wine from new bottles. He said sex life with different partners is like drinking old wine from new bottles. You think that I'm not satisfied with the 2023 wine, so let me try the 
1983 wine. It's going to be different, but the same taste is there. <clears throat> and Prahlad Maharaj says um, earlier on in this chapter, Tatsaramanye soyavaha dehinam, sadasamud vigna diyam asadgrahat, hirvatma patam griyam andakupam vanam gato yadalim asareta. O best of the Asuras, king of the demons. <clears throat> Prahlad Maharaj is so bold, even though his father is like such a huge demon, he's so bold at the age of five, he's addressing his father as king of the demons, best of the Asuras. As far as I le I've learned from my spiritual master, any person who has accepted this temporary body and temporary uh, household life is certainly embarrassed by anxiety because of having fallen into a well where there is no water but only suffering. One should give up this position and go to the forest, Varna. Moreover, one should go to Vrindavan and engage in loving devotional service to Krishna. So this, sometimes Srila Prabhupada compared this materialistic life to a deep, dark well. And specifically the well of Grihamedi life, especially Grihamedi life. Household materialistic household life is compared to the well where like in India it's said that uh, there's many fields and there's many old wells and sometimes you're walking in the fields and you can't see the well because it's covered by grass and you fall you may fall into the well and you may call out scream out for help but who's going to hear you <clears throat> so this is the position in the material world Everyone has fallen into this dark, deep, dark well of ignorance. And no matter how much they call out for help, no one can really help them, except for the Krishna and the devotees. No other materialistic person. Matina Krishna Paratasvatova, Mitopipad, because of their uncontrolled senses, person engaged in materialistic sinful activities make progress towards hellish conditions and they repeatedly chew that which has already been chewed. <coughs> Just like the many devotees over the years, I used to give this classic example, a little, little child, now probably some of the kids here, they chew chewing gum. Do you kids chew chewing gum sometimes? No? Very good, very good. <laughs> so we were brought up chewing chewing gum. But after five minutes, the taste is gone, but the kids still chew the chewing gum, even though there's no taste. Sometimes they take it out, stick it under the desk at school, and have another chew later. So this is materialistic life, chewing the chewed. <clears throat> so, and that verse states that their inclination to Krishna is never aroused, either by their own efforts, by the help of others, or by a combination of both. So people are... Deep down, they're so frustrated and they're, they're calling out for help in their state of ignorance and suffering, but there's no one to help them except for the devotees. <clears throat> so the devotees are like the person who's coming to lower the rope in the well. If by good fortune they, you get fall in a well and someone comes along and offers you a rope, then that is the greatest fortune to save your life. But while climbing up the rope, there may be so many obstacles, like there's like rats gnawing at the rope, 
or there's bees at the top hop, hop, hovering to bite you, and there's a tiger waiting at the top. So it may be difficult to get out, even though you've got the rope. But at least you've got a chance, you've got the rope. So like Krishna consciousness is like that. We're giving the rope of Krishna consciousness, bhakti yoga, the opportunity to achieve, for all of the entities to achieve Krishna Prem, pure love for Krishna, their eternal occupation, and go back home, back to Godhead, the topmost destination, Goloka Vrindavan. But there's so many obstacles on the way, so many distractions. People are, may get in touch with the devotees and they're grabbing onto the rope, but there's so many material distractions in the form of the opposite sex, in the form of wealth, fame, followers, <coughs> accumulation of material assets, etc. So one has to be very serious when he's climbing up the rope to actually make it to the top. But the beauty of Krishna consciousness is that even though there's so many difficulties for the practitioners, if we just stick to the process of Krishna consciousness, we're guaranteed perfection. Krishna says, Savadama Purichija Mami Kamsharanamvaja Aham Tvam Sava Papiabhu Moksha Yishami Masujaha. Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. And uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's broken open the storehouse of love of Godhead and flooded the whole land with this Sangatan movement and this chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Directly transported from Goloka Vrindavan, Goloka Premadana, Hare Nama Sangitana. But Rati Jan Milo Kenatai, we're so unfortunate we don't have a taste for chanting Hare Krishna. But that taste can come for anyone who takes up Krishna consciousness. We were all unfortunate, materialistic persons, addicted to sense gratification, banging our heads against the wall, trying to enjoy again and again, but suffering again and again. Just a few years ago, we were in the ditch of materialistic life. So any anyone out there is just like us, and they can come and get this wonderful mercy of this Krishna consciousness movement and experience this param drisvani vatate, this higher taste, simply by chanting Hare Krishna, dancing in ecstasy, taking prasadam, associating with devotees, hearing the Bhagavatam, rendering so many wonderful services. Just like it, um, and obviously here there's so many new people coming all the time and it's wonderful to see so many new faces I haven't seen since I've been here. It's like that at New Govardhan. We have so many uh, new people coming all the time. We have Krishna Village up there, so many people coming to do voluntary service and they, they get free accommodation, free prasadam, and they just do four or five hours uh, service in the field or with the cooking like that. So many nice young people coming all the time. And sometimes I think, and some of them are becoming full-time devotees, joining the ashram and getting initiated and um, sometimes I think, wow, there's so many other thousands and millions of people out there just like these people who are such wonderful personalities and becoming wonderful devotees and they have so many wonderful uh, qualities and so many wonderful uh, skills they're applying in Krishna consciousness. So, so I think, wow, there's uh, so many more people, millions and millions of people out there who could be join Krishna's family and become wonderful devotees. So somehow we have to go out there and, um, and give them this wonderful opportunity to, to perfect their lives. 
Otherwise, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, if they don't follow this process, yashastra param he who discards these scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims, his whimsical nature, attains neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination. Not possible if one acts on his own whimsical uh, concocted purpose of life, it's not possible to attain the perfection of life, Krishna consciousness, nor to be happy, nor to attain the supreme destination of getting free from the cycle of birth and death and going back home, back to Godhead, back to Goloka Vrindavan, where one can be eternally engaged in loving devotional service with Krishna and all his associates. So Srila Prabhupada would sometimes compare this materialistic person to a foolish ass. And especially in India, you see this, the, ashes, the asses, you see it in Vrindavan, right? The asses are loaded up with a trailer and they're loaded up with, you know, a huge high mound of bricks or sticks. And the ass is working hard all day and what does he get? At the end of the day, he gets a bundle of dry grass. And the, his master on front of the cart is dangling this um, bundle of dry grass in front of him. And he's thinking, if I just work hard all day long, I'll get this bundle of gra dry grass. But Prabhupada says, if he's intelligent, he could just think, well, why do I have to work for this horrible master? And uh, there's so much green grass on the side of the road, but he, he can't think like that because he's foolish. So the foolish ass, the materialistic person, it's working hard for very insignificant pleasures in this world, which are more, which are available and more suitable to the animals. Like there's many animal species, as we know, as Srila Prabhupada describes, that are more suitable to eating. If you want to eat so much food and eat all day long, then you can get a body of an elephant, a cow. You can eat all day long. If you want to have, you know, unrestricted sex life, then there's, there's dogs and pigs bodies much more suited if you want to sleep all day like i was listening to Prabhupada in one lecture he was saying that when he was in first in new york he said you know they were starting the program not so early at that stage maybe seven o'clock and he said still so many of the neighbors were complaining and they were ringing up the police <laughs> disturbing their sleep people Prabhupada says some people in this kali yuga sleeping 12 hours 16 hours a day wasting their life. So they can get a body of a bear in their next life. Human body is not suited for sense gratification. It's meant for Tata Brahma Gigasha, self-realization. Now that we have achieved this human form of life, we should inquire constantly, who am I? What's my relationship with Krishna? Why am I suffering in this material world? What are my duties in relationship with Krishna? Where do I go beyond this life? It's meant for uh, attaining full Krishna consciousness. Tasmat Saveshu Kaleshu Mamanushmana Yujitamaya Pitamano Bodhi Mamivashatyashamshaya. Krishna says to Arjuna, therefore you should always think of me in the form of Krishna, at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting. With your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me, you will attain me without doubt. So this is the uh, 
real business of all living entities, especially in the human form of life, is to be always Krishna conscious, always engaged in Krishna's service and always thinking of Krishna, not just externally engaged in so many services. Of course, that is so wonderful and there's so much purification by doing so many external services. And Srila Prabhupada wanted us to you know, work hard in Krishna consciousness to achieve so much to spread this movement, but also be internally absorbed by constantly thinking of Krishna's name, form, qualities, pastimes, thinking of how to expand his service, expand his movement. I was listening to, I've been listening to um, a lot of lectures from Kadamba Kananda Maharaj and, and reading some of his books and again and again he's imploring his um, disciples to try and do something significant, do something big for Krishna. In, in to uh, spread this movement. Like I remember Tamar Krishnaraj once said that, you know, when we go out and book distribution, we shouldn't be attached to the, re attached to the result. The result's up to Krishna, but be attached to the service. And automatically the result will be big. Either so many people will take books, so many people will join, or maybe not so many books will go out, but the result can be big in the form of purification of our own heart from so much ignorance, greed, lust, anger, envy. And this book distribution, she'll probably consider it, you know, most important activity and the most powerful way to spread this Krishna consciousness movement, to bring other people to the lotus feet of Krishna. Um, it's the Brihat Madanga even more powerful than Harinam Sangatan. Of course, Harinam Sangatan is very powerful and very important. But this book distribution is like the Brihat Madanga and everything to do with Krishna and his devotees is contained within the pages of these transcendental literatures. Everything about the Lord and the, his exalted devotees, everything about their names, qualities, pastimes, entourage, creations, it's all here. So Prabhupada would say, even if people just touch the book, read one word, one line, their lives will become perfect. So in this book distribution is a very wonderful way to um, purify our own hearts. Because you go out there and you get so many rejections. People ignore you. People sometimes criticize you. People tell you to get a real job. <laughs> you may not get that, like... Uh, and you've, so you're forced to really call out and pray to Guru and Krishna to help me do this service and help me engage these people in, in taking these books. And you won't, you're not forced to call out. No, any other service practically is, is not that mood that you're really forced to call out like you can clean the floor. You can try after the class here and you can get a mop and clean the floor and see, is it really hard? It's such a struggle to clean the floor. really have to call out to Krishna to help me do this service. So, um, so preaching to the conditioned souls is not an easy... Prabhupada said, don't think preaching is an easy thing. <clears throat> so that's right. Yeah, Indra Swami once came back and Prabhupada asked him from preaching and Prabhupada asked him, so how was your preaching today? And he said it was very difficult. And Prabhupada said, when did I ever say to you preaching was, would be easy? It's... Um, to pluck people out of their material existence after you know millions of births in this world is a very difficult thing. 
But at the same time, Krishna consciousness is so powerful that if people are a little bit interested, they can become attracted and they can be um, they can be released from their material entanglement. Because this material world is a, is a madhouse. Prabhupada would give this example, like when you go to a mental asylum. So many people are not in the right state of mind. Someone's claiming to be Jesus Christ. Someone's claiming to be Hitler or Caesar. Or someone's claiming to be Krishna. And sometimes the doctors have to come along and give them some injection to bring them back to some normality. So this is like we experience in preaching, trying to convince these materialistic persons that please uh, try this Krishna consciousness, try this chanting of Hare Krishna, please try this prasadam, try reading these books, try and come to our wonderful festivals in the temple. People will say, no, no, I have no interest, no time. Get away from here, you're the crazy one. <clears throat> so... But... So people are, um, again and again, they're going for the, uh, these insignificant pleasures, not realizing the true happiness of, of the soul in relationship with Krishna, that eternal loving service. Sometimes, then there's that example, people are compared to be like a man who's running away from a tiger, and they're running and there's a cliff, and they look over the cliff, and there's a crocodile down the bottom in the river, so they can't climb right down the bottom, they'll get eaten by the crocodile. If they go back there, there's a tiger. And they look up and there's a tree hanging out of the cliff and there's a branch. And they look up and there's uh, a bee's um, hive there and there's some honey dripping out of the hive. And he happens to just catch, as he's grabbing onto the branch for his dear life, gradually losing his strength, he tastes some honey on his mouth, on his tongue. And he's thinking, that's such amazing honey. I've never tasted such wonderful honey. Let me sit here and get more of that honey. So this is a perfect example, like all of us in the material world. We're not realizing our impending uh, death. Death is just around the corner, old age, disease and death. Srila Prabhupada said, just like the king is ordering the, the waves to stop coming in, but even though he's the king, he cannot stop. Time and tide waited for no man. <clears throat> so... Uh, we become intoxicated. We're already intoxicated by having this material body and, and, and forgetting about our eternal service to Krishna and thinking that I can be happy in this material world. Then we throw on more intoxication in the form of so many so-called pleasures in this world. And people, especially in Kali Yuga, so many sinful activities, meat-eating, intoxication, gambling, illicit sex, they become more intoxicated with this forgetfulness and bodily conception of life. And they become proud, just like Srila Prabhupada says here, thinking himself very advanced in intelligence, a materialistic person. So we see generally, most people in this world, especially in Kali Yuga, they're very proud of their little bit of intelligence. Like Srila Prabhupada wrote that his amazing poem when he went to when he was sailing into Boston Harbor in 1965, and he was saying that there, these materialistic people are very proud of their civilization, and they're thinking they're completely satisfied and happy in their position. <clears throat> but uh, 
Pride is a very um, great stumbling block to advancing Krishna consciousness. Like Srila Prabhupada told the story of Lord Brahma going to see Krishna at, Dwar at Dwarka. And he came to the doorkeepers of the city and he said, I've come to see Krishna, I'm Lord Brahma. And they said, wait, we'll just go and see our master and ask him if he has time to see you. So they went in and saw Krishna and Krishna said, so ask him which Lord Brahma he is. So they came out and said, which Lord Brahma are you? Are you? And he said, don't you know, I'm Lord Brahma of the creation. And they said, okay, well, you can come in. And he came in to see Lord Krishna and he bowed down. And then, uh, and then he was, Krishna said, so how are you? And Lord Brahma said, I'm, I'm well, and, but I was wondering why you had your doorkeepers ask which Lord Brahma I am. I'm, you know, I'm Lord of this creation. And immediately Krishna smiled and he immediately manifest thousands and millions of other Lord Brahmas and Shivas. And many of the Lord Brahmas had, our Lord Brahma has four heads, but many of these other Lord Brahmas had ten heads, a thousand heads, a million heads, ten million heads. And Lord Brahma realized how insignificant he was. He was just like a little ant in, among so many elephants. And once Srila Prabhupada, um, to humble one of his leaders in the early days, he said, in this whole, this materialistic world, this material world, the creation is just like a speck compared to the whole, it's just like a cloud in the sky compared to the whole creation of the spiritual world. It's very small, but we're taking it to be so big. And in this whole material creation, there's billions and billions of universes. And we're in, we're in one universe here, which is a small universe, and in this one universe, there's billions of planets. And out of billions of planets, there's one planet, planet Earth. And uh, on this planet Earth, there's so many different countries and millions of cities. And we're in, we're in one city, Los Angeles. And there's so many suburbs. We're in one suburb out of hundreds of suburbs. And out of all the hundreds of streets in this suburb, we're in one street. I think it was La Cienega Boulevard at that point. And, um, Prabhupada said, there's many houses on this street and we're in one house, the Hare Krishna temple and there's one devotee thinking he's very important. <laughs> so if you know the story, you probably know who, know who that is. So, um, so this is our position. We're very insignificant, but in materialistic life we become, like said in Kali Yuga, a pauper is proud of his penny. Practically people have nothing. They have no real wealth because they don't have the real any the real wealth of Krishna consciousness. So, whatever materialistic wealth they have or position is very insignificant, and it's not going to help them in their progress to on the path of real perfection, attaining the goal of life, becoming fully Krishna conscious. That is the goal of life: to be 24 hours a day Krishna conscious, because that's our natural state in the spiritual world. We are 24 hours a day. Krishna conscious, always thinking of Krishna and 24 hours a day, always engaged in Krishna's service. So this is our business as aspiring devotees and this is our business to help other people be engaged 24 hours a day in Krishna consciousness. So every second, every minute of our day we should be thinking, how can I think of Krishna? How can I engage in service? And, you know, constantly uh, chanting, 
reading, doing service constantly, associating with devotees, constantly listening to, listening to lectures like now we have on our iPhones and the little Prabhupada box, you know, all the Prabhupada's lectures, all the lectures for, and bhajans from so many wonderful devotees. <clears throat> and even when you're sleeping, you can have these lectures going around and around all through the night <laughs> or kirtan. <clears throat> so, and if a devotee, even he's sleeping his service because he's recuper recuperating his body so that he can serve nicely the lotus feet of Guru and Krishna the next day. And Srila Prabhupada said this, um, this Krishna conscious process of bhakti yoga is the shortcut process. There's that verse in the Bhagavatam by Lord Rishabdev, Rahuganai Tapasana Yati, that um, uh, there's many, many spiritual um, processes to attain uh, perfection of life or enlightenment or purification. Like one can be a strict brahmachari, be strictly celibate. One can follow the rules and regulations strictly as a householder. One can be renounced as a vanaprastha or one can fully himself, immerse himself in... Um, in service to Krishna and preaching as a sannyasi, or one may submerge himself in, in the middle of winter in freezing cold rivers, or in the uh, blazing heat of the summer sun, one may sit you know, under the blazing sun and surround himself with uh, fires. So many different types of programs for spiritual advancement, but this verse states that unless one is smeared with the lotus feet of the dust of the Vaishnavas, one, it's very difficult to make advancement. So this Krishna consciousness process is, is the shortcut process. Like we have a big mountain near us, Mount Warning, famous ma ma mountain, and many devotees have climbed it, but now it's like due to the whole thing with the um, Aboriginal people, it's, it's been closed, closed, you can't go there anymore, but there's a path going, going up, you can walk up there in one or two hours, but you may think, well, you know, you may think, you know, I'm more intelligent. I'm not going to go up the path. I'll just walk around this round and round in circles up. It'll take you days to get up to the top. And if there's a chairlift, you can get up in a few seconds. So this Krishna consciousness is like the chairlift going home, back home, back to Godhead. <clears throat> like there was, there's the story um, of there was uh, a man and he was, um, somehow he got to meet the presidents in America and Russia. And he, he went to, you know, he went to meet, um, he went to meet Putin. And uh, he saw that on Putin's desk he had a, had a red phone and a gold phone. And um, the red phone was just local calls. And then the man said, so what's the gold phone? And Putin said, oh, that's a direct line to, to God. And the man said, uh, oh, can I use that? And, and Putin said, well, go ahead, be my guest, but it'll, it's a long-distance call, so it'll cost you, like, millions of dollars. And the man said, okay, I won't do that. So he went to see um, Biden in America, President Biden, and he saw the same thing on his desk, a red phone and a gold phone. And Biden said, oh, your red phone is just local calls, and the gold phone is direct line to God. And the man said, oh, can I speak to God? And President Biden said, yes, but it's a long-distance call. It'll cost you millions of dollars. So the man said, well, I haven't got that money. I can't afford it. <clears throat> and then he somehow, by his good fortune, he came to, um, 
he came to Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir. <laughs> and he met Ani Rudaprabhu. And he walked into his office and same thing, it was a red phone and a gold phone. And, uh, and the Ani Rudaprabhu said, so you know, there's a, that's a local call, a red phone. And the gold phone, that's a direct line to God. And the man said, oh, can I use that? And he said, yeah, go ahead, be my guest. It's, um, it's a local call. <laughs> so, shortcut process. <laughs> so when we're in Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir or Vrindavan or Mayapur and you go done, we're already in the spiritual world. We're right there. These temples are like replicas of the spiritual world. Um, these temples are like, Prabhupada said, they're embassies, embassies of the spiritual world. When you go to like the uh, American embassy in Australia, you're not under the ordinary laws of the Australian citizens. So similarly, when you come here in these temples, the modes of material nature are not here. You can definitely feel that. And even people who come for the first time, they can feel that, that this is not an ordinary place. It's a very special place because all the activities here are done for Krishna's pleasure. So the modes of ignorance, passion, and even goodness are not practically not present. <clears throat> so we're already there, back home, back to Godhead, in the spiritual world. Uh, person who has engaged his mind, words, and activities in the service of Krishna is already a liberated soul, even while living in this material body. So uh, we have to try and advance in our own Krishna consciousness and at the same time help others. Preach to the devotees, preach to the non-devotees, of course they're all devotees, they've just forgotten. And uh, we have to try in many different ways, just like Gopavindesh Prabhu was telling me yesterday how you know they're preaching at the universities and apart from doing his regular book distribution on the street in so many places there doing programs at the universities, Prashadam, giving talks, Kirtan, and these people in the universities are very, um, a lot more receptive generally than the general mass of people. So it's wonderful that you're doing such programs. And, you know, I remember like <clears throat> doing the Melbourne show like years ago, I used to come here for about 10 years in a row every year, every year doing the show, and it was like such a good opportunity to see so many books, hundreds of books would go out in a day and uh, there's just a wall of people constantly walking through. <laughs> and uh, Melbourne show was, I don't know what it's like now, but uh, the security was pretty slack back then. We practically didn't get caught for years and years. Sydney show was a lot tougher. They'd be always catching us, throwing us out. <clears throat> and I'd always have the books like hidden somewhere. So when they caught me, they didn't see the books. So they'd throw, walk me to the gate, but we used to get these exit stamps. And they'd say, you walk in, when you first walk in, a few minutes later you walk to the gate and say, oh, can I get an exit stamp? I just have to walk out for a few minutes. And so when the security guard caught you, he didn't know you had an exit stamp, so you just walk, we'd walk around the other side of the show, flash the stamp, and we'd get back in, and we'd go on working with the books again. Sometimes we'd get caught two or three times in a day. And it was always a different security guard, so they didn't know we'd been caught another two times in the day. Sometimes they'd take us to the police station on the showgrounds in Sydney, and the police would say, no, 
You can't come back again today. They didn't say tomorrow, they just said today. <laughs> We'd be back there the next day. <laughs> but yeah, Melbourne show was really good. And um, sometimes a few years, there was about four or five of us lined up in a line along the main road going around. And if one devotee didn't get the person, then the next devotee or the next devotee would get them. <laughs> and once I went to um, Taiwan, a couple of years I went to Taiwan and went with about four or five brahmacharis one year, Paramakaruna, Dhruva, a couple of bhaktas. And um, that was really good because people over there have a lot of respect for monks. So we were going in our saffron robes, and going on the street, universities, on doing on the trains. The tr there's like 25 million people in Taiwan. It's the size of Tasmania. Tasmania, there's only, what, 500,000 people down there? So it's packed. The trains are packed, like sardines. And we just go from one end of the train to the other. And many people are buying books. And you know, a lot of the devotees were selling, I don't know, 100 books a day, like hardcovers and collecting seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a day. It was big. And, um, but then we got caught, after a while we got caught on the trains and the, we got pulled up at a platform, myself and Paramakaruna, and the man was, he couldn't speak English, but he was trying to explain, there's a sign up at the wall, if you do this activity, there's a thousand dollar fine. And we got someone to translate for us, and he was telling us that this man wants to give you a fine of a thousand dollars for what you've been doing. So we got down and paid our obeisances to the man <laughs> on the pavement and he let, he let us off. And then we thought, oh, we'll start doing the country trains. So we started going out in the country trains and that was like even bigger. <clears throat> so, so many different ways and um, sometimes we were doing books on the plains and going to India. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little hard like from Australia to, um, to Singapore because the... Um, the people working on the planes were like, they were Australian staff and they wouldn't let you do it for very long. But once you go from Singapore to India, they're usually like Indian staff and they didn't mind. <laughs> so you just go up, up and down the aisles and sometimes we do Harinam up and down the aisles on the planes at, at midnight. <laughs> but mostly the Indian people, they didn't mind because they, you know, they, they had respect for um, devotees. So, so many different ways. We have to think of so many different ways to spread Christian consciousness, to distribute these books and um, bring other people to Christian consciousness. And uh, even, uh, even my father in the last few, few years, a few years ago, he was in a nursing home. And um, so over the years, he'd come to the temple a lot, taken a lot of prasadam, seen a lot of devotees, came to a few classes. And uh, so at the end of his life, he was in a nursing home and he was becoming delirious, more and more delirious because he had Parkinson's disease. And he'd have all these delusions that he was escaping from the, from the nursing home and he had his getaway car. And once he told me that he went to Sydney and he used to be a member of the Royal Golf Club for 50 years and he said, he said I went to Sydney to the golf club and I was playing golf. And this is all made up, you know, he couldn't get out of the hospital. Nursing home, but he was thinking it was real because of the delusions from Parkinson's disease. And he said, "Guess who was cooking at the golf club?" And I said, "Who?" And he said, "The Hare Krishnas." <laughs> <laughs> so somehow, due to past connection he had with devotees, he was thinking like that. The devotees were cooking at the golf club, and there was uh, Indian people working there. 
like Indian nurses. And um, no, of course, Indian people are everywhere, right? They run all the service stations. And, <laughs> and, um, and one of them was called Krishna, and one of them was called Narayan. And my father was saying, oh, and I've got Krishna, he's working here, and Narayan. <laughs> so he was like chanting by Krishna's arrangement. He was getting to chant Narayan and Krishna through the day. Because he also did a lot of service. He paid, he paid most of my house. He paid it off completely to zero. And, you know, gave me money to buy cars and paid for my you know, weddings and everything like that. So he did a lot of service unknowingly. And, um, and I, my mother also, she came to my house. She's not so favourable, but um, she came into my house and there's pictures of Krishna all around the walls and the altar. And she's looking around, she says, can't you put any ordinary pictures up? Every, everywhere I look, there's Krishna, 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 Krishna. <laughs> so she's just um, chanting Hare Krishna all the time. So Prabhupada said, you know, anyone can take to Krishna consciousness, an old person, even a young child, even a dog. You know, we know the story of Shivananda Shane and his dog. We won't tell that story now, we don't have time, but you know, all that, know that story. In the end, Lord Chaitanya was chanting to him and giving him remnants of his prasadam. The dog was taking the prasadam and chanting Hare Krishna in his own way, and it was said the dog disappeared, and it was said that he went back to Godhead. So Prabhupada said like that, even a dog, even a young child, even an old person, anyone can be engaged, engaged in Christian consciousness and achieve the, the topmost benefit in this human form of life. Even my youngest daughter, she's only three. The other day I was driving her home and, uh, and in one of our cars and the van, my van with Chan Hare Krishna on the side, um, she saw the van and she said, there's our van. And then she, immediately she corrected herself and said, no, there's Krishna's van. Because I try and train my kids to say, you know, whose car is it? Whose house? And they say, Krishna's house, Krishna's car. This is Krishna's farm, Krishna's temple, like that. <clears throat> so anyone can become Krishna consciousness and become Krishna conscious. All of us, none of us were, you know, like Prabhupada said, none of you... Um, had any piety. None of you, you know, were, you were all fully engaged in sinful activities, no understanding whatsoever, but Prabhupada said, I've created your pious life. I've created your piety. So somehow or other, by the causeless mercy of Srila Prabhupada and his devotees and Krishna, Lord Chaitanya, we've come to this, you know, this process. Who are we? You know, we're just Kali Yugites. And Srila uh, Prabhupada said like that, previously my disciples were drug addicted, woman hunting, meat eating, gambling, you know, malechas, yavanas, chandalas. But now they're looking like they're uh, Vaikuntha and Goloka men and ladies coming from Goloka and Vaikuntha, you know, with huge smiles, very happy, peaceful, joyful, dressed in saris and dhotis, looking like they've come straight from the spiritual world. This is the transformation. Okay, so we'll finish there. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Do we have a few minutes for questions? Yeah? Hare Krishna, thank you for a wonderful class. <clears throat> um, uh, you touched on that, um, you know, preaching is very important in our movement. Um, and 
how do we embody that mentality that you know, preaching is basically our, is the only way that for, for us to progress in Christian consciousness? How do we have that kind of mentality rather than just when we go out to preach or, or book distribution, is just based on duty? Or because my seniors told me to go on book distribution, in terms of how can I see as book distribution or preaching is the only way that I can progress in Christian consciousness? Good question. Well, I mean, it's, um, yeah, this is a preaching movement, so all of us should be engaged in some sort of preaching. Preaching may not necessarily be going out on the street and selling books or doing Harinam Sangatan or distributing prasadam. Your preaching may be doing so many services at the temple. So when people, when devotees come, when so many new people come, they get so inspired that you know, the deities look so beautiful, you're preaching maybe deity worship, dressing the deities or cooking so many offerings, cleaning, keeping the temple very nice and clean. You know, in the, in the spiritual world, like it's described in the Bhagavatam, that in the spiritual world, even though everything's spotless and clean and pure, all the devotees there, they're still involved in cleaning, right? Cleaning the floors. So we have to be like that. Prabhupada said revolutionary cleanliness, that even though the temple is so clean, we still go about every day cleaning the floors and everything like that. So all these activities are part of the preaching movement. So it's not that we necessarily have to go out in the street to advance in Krishna consciousness. There's so many other services that are very necessary, very important, very powerful, managing, <clears throat> raising children in Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada even said about raising children in Krishna consciousness for the families, Grihastas, that that is their main service and that's more important than worshipping the deities. And um, no, these little kids, like so many wonderful kids here, and you have thousands in your community and thousands all around the world, they're like the future leaders of this movement. <clears throat> and I remember Tamal Krishnaraj made an interesting comment that any spiritual movement that hasn't, um, has placed too much emphasis on renunciation and not um, you know, expanding the movement with families and children generally doesn't last. If it, you know, some movements are based on, no, they don't, it's all just on, all their members are just renunciates. Generally that movement doesn't last. It has to be, he was making the point that, you know, any movement for it to last over hundreds and thousands of years, there has to be emphasis on the next generation like that. Of course, no, we're not just making devotees from the children born into our families, but many new people out there as well. So, yes, the, the direct preaching is very important and... Uh, Prabhupada said that these temples are like base camps where we get great inspiration by coming to the morning programs, the temple associated with devotees, taking prasadam, feeling the wonderful transcendental atmosphere and the beautiful deities every day so that we get great inspiration to, to preach, go out and preach or preach to so many people here coming just automatically right every day to the temple, preach to them as well. Same as New Govardhan, so many people coming all the time you don't necessarily, not necessarily have to go out because there's so, so many people you can preach to in Krishna village. <clears throat> Is that okay? But if you have the enthusiasm to go out and preach, that's, you know, it's a very tough service and that's, um, that's like the front line. 
frontline soldiers, like in a war, you know, the, uh, the frontline soldiers are the, you know, most important, but all the services, like the cooks, you know, the army runs on its stomach, right? So unless the cooks are there, the soldiers can't fight. So it's like, unless we have prashadam and spiritual sustenance from the temple programs, it's difficult to have enthusiasm and strength to go out and preach. But if you have got that um, enthusiasm, then devotees should fan that enthusiasm and you should um, make that your life's goal, go out and preach and distribute books and bring new people. But at the same time, we have to look after the devotees we have, like already Prabhupada said, don't make me Alexander the Great. Alexander was conquering new countries all the time, but he was losing many countries behind him. So Prabhupada said, no, you're bringing new people in, in the front door, but meanwhile there's old people walking, old devotees walking out the back door. So we have to um, look after the devotees nicely that we already have, and even devotees that have maybe seemingly gone away, we don't see them very much, somehow get in touch with them, you know, and, and um, <clears throat> try and be very kind to them, invite them for programs, take them prasadam, um, take them and have lunch at the restaurant at Gopal's, whatever, so many different ways we can bring them back to Krishna consciousness, you know, because Prabhupada said, we invest so many gallons of blood to make new devotees, and if one devotee leaves, that's the greatest loss. Actually, Tamar Krishnamara said that like about 25 years ago in the late 90s in one lecture, he said that the greatest loss is that we've lost 90% of the devotees that we've made over the years. We've lost, they've gone. So um, that's a big, uh, a big job too, to pr try and bring these people back and look after all the wonderful devotees we have so that they don't leave, that they feel so happy and so nice and, and so befriended by the other devotees, so loved that they feel like they're never going to leave, you know? If someone leaves, Prabhupada said it's half their fault and it's half our fault for not looking after them properly. <clears throat> Anyone have any other questions? Or, yes. Hey Krishna Prabhuji, um, thank you for the nice class. Prabhuji, you mentioned how Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharman Paritya, surrender all religion and come to me. But I have, uh, I had, I had a doubt that why didn't he say like, surrender all the religion and come up, come to me. I'll take you back home, back to God. And because when we have already surrendered unto Him, will He just take our sins and not give love to Him? love to us so just repeat it again so just repeat your even question. when we have fully surrendered unto yeah. Lord Krishna will he just take our sins and not give us like Krishna Prema you're saying he's taking our sins but not giving us Krishna Prema even when we have fully surrendered unto yeah. him will he just take our sins and not give us Krishna Prema but he does. He does give us Krishna Prem as well. You're thinking that he doesn't? That you're thinking that he's just taking our sins but not giving us Krishna Prem? Is that... I'm trying to understand your question. Is that yeah. the question? Yeah. yeah. Well, but he does give us Krishna Prem because we're gradually developing well our love for him, our original love for Krishna. If you stay around long enough, you, you develop more and more of a, a taste for serving Krishna, for 
for loving him, for hearing about him, for hearing about his devotees. And this is, this is that Krishna Prem gradually coming out. It's a gradual process from Shraddha to Prem, you know, about the nine um, processes, devotional service, hearing, chanting, remembering. No, um, so, like Prabhupada says, even one of these processes is enough if you apply this process diligently to achieve perfection of life. And he gives examples of, like, you know, Sukadeva Goswami perfected his life through chanting, through preaching the Bhagavatam. And Maharaj Pariksha, just by hearing, he perfected his life. Prahlad Maharaj by remembering Krishna always. And <clears throat> so many other great devotees through one of these processes achieve perfection. And, uh, but it begins with Shraddha. We have some faith and then we associate with devotees, then we take up the activities of devotional service, bhajana kriya, and then anatta navriti, we gradually get free of all the unwanted things in the heart, and then uh, uh, we become steady, nishta, and then gradually ruchi, we develop taste, and eventually ashakti, we become more and more attached to Krishna, and then finally bhava and prem. So if you stick around long enough, then we're gradually going to become more and more purified and gradually elevating to these topmost levels of, um, you know, ashakti, bhava, prema, nishta, ruchi, like that. Although they're not che it's not cheap to achieve Krishna prema. It's a very elevated state. We can't expect overnight to have pure love for Krishna. We may not feel that love so much. But like Prabhupada says, like when you turn the fan off, it's still spinning. And gradually it comes to a stop. It doesn't stop straight away. <clears throat> so we have the, so many sinful um, activities that we've done in our previous lifetimes. When you take to Krishna consciousness, they're gradually getting purified, but they don't, um, they don't gradually, they don't all of a sudden become extinguished to nil. It's a gradual process. So you have to be patient. Like you know, Prabhupada says, a woman, when she she uh, gets married, she can't expect to have a child straight away. She has to wait at least nine or ten months, right? So when we come to Krishna consciousness, we can't expect that just overnight we're going to have Krishna, Krishna Prem, pure love for Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Anyone else have any comments on these questions or realizations or other questions? Pranapabhu. I just thought of a few things um, as you were responding to Sivya's question. And uh, <clears throat> the first thing was from the Bhagavad Gita when Krishna says that when your sinful ac activities are completely finished, then you can begin, you, you know, the devotional service begins when the sins are finished. Yeshan Tvantakatam Papam Jananam Punyakam and then we can start our, you know, developing our love for Krishna when the sins are extinguished. And then um, the mantra came to my mind of Namo Mahavadanya Krishna Prema Pradayate that, that Lord Chaitanya gives Krishna Prem and Krishna, Lord Krishna says Savaraman Parityaja, you just surrender to me and I'll take care of everything, I'll take care of your sinful reactions and everything. And that's where Krishna sort of finishes up, he ends up in the, in the Gita with that. And then Lord Chaitanya comes and he takes up from Krishna, he gives Krishna prem. Like we've given, we've surrendered everything and Lord Chaitanya is there to give 
open the storehouse of love of Godhead and give Krishna prema through this process of, of bhakti. So um, the prema comes in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and through the, the mercy of, of um, the Vaishnavas. There's one Thank thing you. that came to my mind. That's good, good answer. I mean, also Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, um, Bhakti Mama Janati Yavanyash Tasmi Tattvata. That verse, um, how's the English translation go? Only by undivided devotional service can be understood as I am standing directly before you. And in this way you can enter into the mysteries of my understanding. So he does talk about that pure devotional service and full Krishna consciousness, love of Krishna. But as Prabhupada points out, it's like extended and more elaborated on in Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. He broke open the storehouse of love of Godhead and everyone in the land is like freely giving out through this Krishna consciousness movement. Everyone's able to achieve that, that Krishna Prem, that love for Krishna in a very short period of time, like I said before, the shortcut process. And uh, so like my point before also that um, loving Krishna also means not just loving Krishna but loving his devotees. You know? We have to see that, like Krishna says, no, my devotees are more dear to me than myself. So part of loving Krishna is loving all his devotees and loving all of the entities, trying to extend that love. So, you know, we can begin by loving devotees, like I said, like just not just bringing new people to Krishna consciousness, but engaging in the loving exchanges. You know the six loving exchanges? You know what they are? So we um, give prasadam, we serve prasadam to each other, we receive prasadam, we offer gifts, we receive gifts, and we reveal our mind in confidence and inquire confidentially about Krishna consciousness, Rupa Goswami and the nectar of instruction. So these are the best ways to really cultivate our relationships amongst each other. Always thinking wonderfully about the devotees and their wonderful qualities and their wonderful services and trying to always serve them, give them nice gifts, get their association, inquire for them how to, you know, how to make advancement in Christian consciousness, how to, to get advice and our difficulties that we have in our own lives and just think that devotees are very, very, very special personalities. It's, it's, um, no, like that verse in the Bhagavatam, one who is engaged in chanting Hare Krishna, he's or already performed all the austerity, sacrifices, penances, studied all the scriptures, bathed in all the holy places in, in previous lives to come to this point where they're now chanting Hare Krishna and engaging in loving service to Krishna. And no, we can extend that love to all living entities by spreading the Krishna consciousness movement somehow, be involved in the preaching, going out books, Harinam, Prashadam, the restaurants like that. Okay, anything else? Or otherwise we can finish. It's time for Prashadam. Anyone else have anything else? So, so wonderful to be here. Please pray for myself and many other devotees who are not here that we can come again and again and get all of your wonderful association and uh, wonderful darshan of the deities here and 
this very special place that Prabhupada was personally here a number of times, in Prabhupada's own rooms. There's not too many temples like this in the world where Prabhupada actually was here, you know. Many temples in different cities that move locations. So this is a very special Tirtha. So, um, and please come and visit temple up north, New Govardhan, very special place as well. If you haven't already been, make a special visit sometime. Sacred Sound Festival coming up in September. That's a wonderful opportunity. <coughs> and um, yeah, many nice temples and devotees all around the country, all around the world. And we need to open more and more centers and temples, just like you have another preaching center now where you do Sunday feast, right? So that's very wonderful to hear. You're expanding the, the preaching down here. And so many home programs I hear every week. So many, many, many programs going on. So thank you very much for your attention. Shema Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Premanandi Hari Hari Rasna Khan Tan 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 Tan
Yeah.